We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We're talking a little Stanford football. Harold Gutman is with us. He's with the Bay Area News Group, covers the Cardinal. Thanks for doing this today, Harold. Appreciate you jumping on. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. Absolutely. Well, let's start, I guess, maybe kind of big picture with Stanford because, you know, we out here in this part of the country, you know, not being in the conference with Stanford, you know, you know we kind of shift our attention to the Cardinal once a year for the most part. But, I mean, you know, after a decade or so of really being nationally prominent, it's the program is just in a much different place right now. How would you kind of describe the state of Stanford football? Yeah, for sure. Uh, it's not good. Uh, <laughs> like you said, I think the last couple of years, you know, they went four and eight. Then they they did pretty well during the COVID year. I think they went four and two, but then three and nine, and now one and four this year. You know, so you're looking at an entire class of players who won't have gone to a bowl game or really experienced the 500 season or any level of success that Stanford has been accustomed to uh, in the last decade under David Shaw. So, yeah, it's definitely trending downward. Uh, a lot of the things that Stanford used to be known for, power running game, stopping the run, you know, controlling possession, keeping yeah. is, is not happening. Like their, their run game has been in the bottom 10 of the FBS in the last few years. It's a little better this year, but they can't stop the run now. Uh, they're in the bottom 10 doing that. So, and they're turning the ball over like crazy. So definitely it's not just that it's going poorly. It's just not at all what people are accustomed to seeing. So it's, it's been a bit and of a I mean, shock. we're, you know, we're used to seeing, you know, like you kind of said, you know, power offensive lines and running backs like Christian McCaffrey, obviously, and some other guys, you know, who are really good come through there. It seems like they've had decent recruiting, recruiting classes, at least, recently how how did they get to where they are right now yeah you know it's interesting the talent levels there even at quarterback i mean davis mills so we but he's a nfl quarterback tanner mckee is going to be a probably first or second round nfl draft pick um so you know they've had some nfl level talent for sure uh, they got some wide receivers playing the nfl right now uh tight ends still are a strong position for them so right yeah i mean they've definitely i think a lot of the changes that have uh, affected all the teams in college football. It seemed to hit Stanford harder. Uh, a lot of the teams that they're playing now, like for instance, they played USC second game of the season. I mean, USC, obviously new quarterback from Oklahoma, like a top receiver from Pitt, you know, they were able to take like 30 some transfers and just really uh, revitalize that squad pretty quickly. But Stanford, just because of the academic requirements, they're not able to take Stanford. They get maybe one graduate transfer a year. They got uh, safety from Oklahoma, but a lot of the, 
ways that teams improve quickly, you know, Stanford isn't able to take advantage of. So, I mean, that's part of it. That's not all of it. Obviously, the, the downward trend started well before uh, this kind of unlimited transfer and NIL money came in. If you love drinking coffee every morning, you have to check out Trade Coffee. Trade makes it super easy to get the best coffee delivered fresh from the finest local roasters around the country. Trade Coffee is a coffee subscription service that makes it so simple for you to discover new coffees and make your best cup of coffee at home every day. No fancy equipment required. Trade partners with the nation's top-rated independent roasters to send you coffee that they know you'll love, fresh to your home, and on your preferred schedule. And you get to support small local businesses, which is a win-win. Whether you already know what you like or are new to specialty coffee and need some help, Trade makes it easy and convenient to discover new coffees. They'll send you ground coffee or whole beans for however you make coffee at home. My wife likes a dark roast with full flavor, and every brand we've tried has lived up to the billing. Whether it's the Big City Blend from Joe's Coffee, the Black Velvet from Atomic Coffee Roasters, or the Holmes Blend from Sparrows, every cup has not only had a pleasing aroma while brewing, but also a rich, full taste. So whether you're just getting started or a coffee aficionado, Looking to discover something new? Trade guarantees you'll love your first bag or they'll send you a new one for free. Upgrade your coffee today with Trade Coffee and let them take the guesswork out of finding your perfect cup. Right now, Trade is offering our listeners a total of $30 off your subscription plus free shipping at drinktrade.com irish. That's drinktrade.com irish for $30 off your subscription to the best coffees in the country. That's drinktrade.com slash Irish. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And that's kind of, you know, Notre Dame is obviously in the same boat. The academics, you know, are at least similar. And that's something that Notre Dame goes through is like it's much easier to get in a grad transfer than it is a an underclass transfer. Is I assume is that kind of the same for Stanford? Are they in that same kind of boat? Yeah, absolutely. They've never they've never had an undergrad uh, transfer. And the, the grad transfers, I think they've had maybe three in right. the history of the program. And meanwhile, you know, it used to be at least they weren't losing people to the transfer portal because people really want that Stanford degree. But now that's not even the case. Uh, their top two running backs oh. from last year, Austin Jones went to USC and Nathaniel Pete went to Missouri as underclassmen. Right. And that that has never happened before. So it's not just that they're not getting people. It's that they're, they're actually losing people. Yeah. I mean, that obviously hurts as well i mean assuming some big turnaround from where they are right now this season this will be a fourth straight year 
without a bowl for Stanford, and it's year 12 for David Shaw, and it it seems like at least coming into the season, most of the stuff that I read says, well, he's safe, you know, for the immediate future. Has has that changed at all? Is there a hot seat talk with David Shaw right now? Yeah, I mean, you might have read some of that from me because I'm one of those people who said he, he's safe. I think. I think what what will do, most likely but... happen is, you know, last year, like I said, they went three and nine, and it was ugly. Like those last seven losses. I know Notre Dame was the last one, but there were a lot of games that they were just not competitive. Yeah, uh, and. He didn't make any staff changes, no coordinators, no coaches. They were one of five teams, I think, out of like 130 of the FBS who didn't change a single uh, position coach. Uh, I think if anything's going to happen, and, and David Shaw, you know, he's very loyal to his staff. He thinks, you know, if the team doesn't do well, it's not because of the coaching, it's because of scheme or something. But uh, he, I think if anything's going to change, it won't be uh, David Shaw at the top. I, think, I still think he's pretty comfortable, uh, but he might be forced to make some staff changes. Yeah, I mean, you would think, yeah, if he's if he's safe, you would think that that could be coming next. And yeah, I know. I mean, the only reason I say that not because he's doing a bang up job or anything, but you know, if you look at the basketball program, Jared, I know we're talking about football, but Jared Haas is this is entering his sixth year at Stanford, and they haven't made the tournament a single time, and he's still the coach. Yeah. So I think it take you know Stanford's unlike uh, some other schools that, that would make uh, changes quickly. As a as a Kansas alum who was in school when Jared was still playing, I, I kind of keep my eyes peeled out there every now and then to see how they're doing. It's like, ah, man, I wish they were doing a little bit better, but that obviously hasn't quite happened, like you said, either. So, With the exception of the pandemic year, these teams have played every year going back to 1997, and Marcus Freeman called it a rivalry game this week. And, and I'm, I'm curious, does it feel like a rivalry game on that end is is notre dame stanford does it feel like a rivalry yeah you know it's interesting i mean obviously there's a trophy on the line right um but with stanford you know they have so many i guess like every other game it seems like a rivalry game you know like they have a rivalry with usc they have a rivalry, like cal is kind of their natural right. rival ucla and they have all these games that the oregon like stanford oregon was always or historically had been in the last 20 years you know for the top of the Pac-12 North. So it seems like every other week they're facing a game that could be considered sort of a rivalry. I think they do get up a little bit more for this than maybe like an Oregon State or a Washington State, but I wouldn't say that this is the game that they have circled on their calendar necessarily. Like this is the one that we're looking forward to. But I mean, it is on national TV all the time, every time. So, I mean, that is something. Uh, it's gonna be their longest uh, road trip of the year. So I know they're preparing for that. But, sure. And really at this point, I mean, any game is a big game for them, you know, a chance to break their losing streak. Uh, That's true. I don't, I don't think they can be cheesy. That's true. You know, we always see a lot of empty seats, you know, even when Notre Dame does play out there. You mentioned Cal. Yeah. I mean, is that basically the game that's that's a guaranteed sellout? And, you know, regardless of, of what the season happens to be and everything else is kind of up in the air, I guess. Yeah, I think so. Cal gets the biggest crowd just because they're just based on proximity and they have a large alumni base kind of in the area. But yeah, the crowd, I mean, people don't go to Stanford for the big uh, game day crowds. That's, that's for sure. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's getting getting people in the stands has been a struggle. But well, I would say that it's, Cal is probably the biggest crowds. And then and then Notre Dame and USC are probably next in line. And Oregon, Oregon travels really well too. Sure, that makes sense. We were talking about the future potentially of this, this series the other day. How important do you think it is on the Stanford end to keep this series with Notre Dame going forward? Yeah, I think it's really important. Um, it's obviously huge for recruiting in the in the middle of the country. Like I said, it's a guaranteed uh, national TV spot every time. I mean, they, they recruit nationally, as does Notre Dame. So I think it's really important to have these rivalries that aren't just based on geography, like not just playing the up West Coast schedule. Uh, it's important right. to get out in the Eastern time zone for sure. 
Um, and like you said, I mean, it is very well attended. Uh, it's a high, you know, usually a high caliber game. So I, I, I would assume that if Notre Dame would have Stanford, you know, Stanford would want to continue it kind of in perpetuity. I'm curious with, you know, the USC UCLA before the season started, the bombshell that they were going to be going to the Big Ten and there was talk of Stanford in there and, and all that. So I guess first sort of the reaction up there in Northern California and, and that area you're in to the USC UCLA news and then, you know, anything anything new along the lines. I haven't heard much lately in terms of, you know, Stanford possibly jumping, but I have heard you know, Kevin Warren saying that maybe a couple more teams could be coming in to the Big Ten. Yeah, I mean, I think initially uh, we were shocked, like pretty much everyone else. I think people maybe thought well, USC might be looking, but I think they were surprised that UCLA was going to go just because they're part of the Cal State system and people thought they would be connected to Cal and how could UCLA go and kind of abandon Cal. Um, obviously, they got around that. So, <laughs> but yeah, I think it was a surprise. Um, I, I mean, I think if the Pac-12 dissolves, then obviously Stanford needs a landing spot, but I don't think they're looking to go to the Big Ten. It sounds like the Big Ten... If they wanted, whoever they wanted, they would have gotten originally, it sounds like. So I think they are kind of holding their fire for a little bit at least. Uh, so right. I don't anticipate any moves kind of in the near future. I know the TV contracts are being negotiated right now. I think once that comes out, uh, that might settle some things down. Um, the expanded playoffs helps. You know, people maybe say, well, do I really want to jump to the Big Ten and maybe be the fifth or sixth best team when the Pac-12, it's wide open. I could, yeah. Yeah, I could be in the playoffs every year if I have a good, you know, a 10-win team. So I haven't, like you said, it's been kind of quiet lately. Um, they seem like Stanford, you know, schools like Stanford would be a good fit academically for the Big Ten. Sure. I'm sure if they were invited, they would they would go if it meant, you know, the Pac-12 just rating them. And, I mean, being rated and then there would be no more Pac-12. They'd need some place to go. But, yeah, I think just like everyone else, I think they were surprised. Right. <laughs> and sort of just waiting to see what the next steps are. It's, it's sure. pretty wild. As someone who covers it, how how confident are you in the future of the Pac-12 and them staying together? Um, I think in the short to middle term, like in the next, I think they'll get this next TV contract done, maybe like five or six years, you know, and I think I'm confident that they'll stay together for that long. Okay. Um, I think after that, sort of all bets are off. I think, yeah. you know, what you see, SC and UCLA think showed is that there's no kind of certainty anymore. And historic, I mean, you mentioned, you know, Stanford and Notre Dame have been playing since 97. I mean, they've been playing USC and UCLA since World War One, practically. <laughs> so obviously that doesn't matter anymore. Um, geographic, you know, proximity doesn't matter. So I think it would True. be kind of foolish to say that anything's for sure, uh, kind of more than five years down the line. But I think for the next, uh, through the length of this next TV contract, uh, okay. it should be secure. All right. Well, you know, as far as this team, I mean, like last week, they looked like they were going to end a nine-game Pac-12 losing streak. They're playing Oregon State. They blow a 14-point lead in the second half. How did that just get away from them the way it did? Yeah, they were actually up 14 points in the fourth quarter, and they blew that. And it's pretty – I mean, you sort of expect it now just because of the way that the last year-plus has gone. I mean, Stanford hasn't beaten uh, FBS team since, I think, October 2nd, 2021. So, you know, we're entering wow. the 54th week of that. Uh, and most of those games have not been close. This this one was. Um, yeah, it's sort of just indicative of a lot of things that have gone wrong for Stanford in the last, you know, three or four years that we've been talking about it. They couldn't run out the clock. They couldn't get that last first down that they gave the ball back to Oregon State. Their defense sort of collapsed at the worst possible time. I mean, they gave up a 55-yard touchdown pass with 13 seconds left. They were kind of out of position. <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, it was sort of 
on the one hand, kind of a little bit of a fluky play, like the receiver caught it off the defensive back's helmet, but then the safety was out of position. So it was a little bit of bad luck, but also uh, bad form. So yeah, yeah, it, it's why. And then when things start rolling the way that they're rolling, you know, Stanford doesn't really have any game experience to fall back on. Like, this is how we close out a game. Like, this is how we make winning plays. So this just hasn't right. happened forever. Right. Well, just looking at them statistically, I mean, there are a lot of lowlights kind of what, you know, as you alluded to off the top, you know, I guess starting with the offense, they've scored some points, actually, you know, they can score a little bit, but does everything kind of ride on Tanner McKee, the quarterback's shoulders with that offense? Yeah, for sure. And especially now, I mean, they're down to really one healthy running back. Uh, like I said, the two running backs, the top two running backs transferred in the offseason. And then they actually had uh, EJ Smith, who was Emmett Smith's uh, son. I'm sure you've right. heard of him. Uh, yep. He was going to start a running back. His first carry was an 87-yard touchdown, first carry of the season. I mean, it was against Colgate, but still that, that showed some promise. Had sure. you know 100-yard game. And then I think after the second week, he was second in the Pac-12 in rushing. And then he suffered a season-ending injury. And so now they're down to really like their fourth string running back. Uh, his name's Casey Filkins. I mean, he's a good player, but then there's no depth behind him. And yeah. when you think about those Toby Gerhardt, like you said, Christian, I mean, these guys that just carry the ball time and time again, they can't really afford to do that with Casey. He's not really built that way. Um, and so a lot is reliant on the passing game, uh, which is on Tanner McKee's shoulders. Uh, like you said, I mean, they do have some talent there. They have been putting up some points, but then the defense just has been unable to stop the run, get any kind of quarterback pressure. Um, so it's been an issue on that side of the ball. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Well, and I mean, it's it is amazing looking at the fact that a Stanford team is giving up over 200 rushing yards a game, and they're giving up 30 over 32 points a game as well. Is there anything that that defense has that it that, that they can hang their hats on right now? Yeah, their secondary is strong. They should be getting uh, Kyle Blue Kelly, their top cornerback. He missed last week's game against Oregon State. They should be getting him back. Uh, so I'd say the secondary is strong, but like I said, the defensive line it's young, it's inexperienced. Uh, they're kind of getting pushed around. Um, and the other thing is they're just not getting any turnovers. They've only had two takeaways all season. I mean, that includes a game against Colgate, uh, right. which is one of their two takeaways. So, it's, you know, it's bad enough that they can't get off the field. They can't stop the run. So it's really like a multitude of issues, of issues as you would expect for a team that, that's one and four. You know, not, not much going right. And 0-4 yeah. against the FBS. Well, you know, but going back to the fact that they are giving up over 200 yards a game, just watching them a little bit, I mean – they look like they've got guys who are at least similar to, you know, body types and stuff like that. Why, why are they so bad against the run? Yeah, you know, they did switch their alignment from last year to this year. They were they had played kind of a 3-4. They're back to a 4-3, trying to take advantage of some of their personnel. But it's just not working. Yeah, like you said, I mean, they're recruiting the same types of guys. If you look at their roster, it's the same kind of guys. But 
I don't know if they're not just they're not getting coached up. You know, they're not improving uh, from freshman to senior year. They're not able to bring in like added you know additional talent. Sure. Um, and they've hit a little bit by injuries. Not so much on the defense actually. More that's more on the offense. So you can't even blame the injuries. But yeah, I mean, I think that's something that the Stanford coaching staff is really struggling with. You know, so if I had the answer, <laughs> yeah, that would be amazing because yeah. I don't even think Stanford has an answer for that one. <laughs> Apparently not, since it yeah. kind of continues week after week. Right. Well, so Notre Dame's favored by two touchdown. What needs to happen for Stanford to make a game out of it this Saturday night? Yeah, I mean, they certainly, like I said, they need to start getting to the quarterback. They need to start forcing turnovers because it's not where, like, if the defense can't stop these drives, uh, like with with, that, with turnovers or anything like that, with sacks, then it's they're just going to get run down. Yeah. Um, I think alternatively, I mean, Stanford, they did have a problem turning the ball over, which was kind of like a double whammy. They had something like four turnovers in each of the first three games. They kind of cut down on those. Uh, so that's good. I mean, they certainly need to win the tournament battle. I mean, it's kind of obvious. Yep. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, just get some explosive plays out of the offense and, and kind of hold on. I don't know. I mean, I think the spread <laughs> is pre- it's probably an accurate reflection of where these teams are. I think uh, I, I don't see many ways that Stanford's going to win this game, to be honest with you. Yeah, I mean, it's it's amazing that neither one of these teams are forcing turnovers this year. Notre Dame's not forcing them either. So, yeah, that's you know, right. If, I think they're the bottom these, two. <laughs> yeah, like if one of these two teams happens to, you know, cause a, a, a bevy of turnovers, I, I think that that's a big factor right there. But we haven't seen it, you know, like you said, you haven't seen it from Stanford. We obviously haven't seen it from Notre Dame. So, yeah. All right, Harold Gutman, he's from the Bay Area News Group, covers the Stanford Cardinal, we appreciate your your time. It's not supposed to be too cold here in town this weekend, so that's good. I know it's uh, also I know it's a seven thirty kick uh, your time, but it's four thirty for Stanford, which is the earliest they've played all season. They had seven thirty, seven thirty, eight o'clock. So they're I think they're excited for like a slightly earlier start. Used to the late ones, but yeah, exactly. All right, hey Harold, I appreciate you doing this. I know you've got a lot going on. Appreciate you jumping on and uh, talking a little Stanford with us. Thanks a lot. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. I hope it's a good game on Saturday. I hope I'm wrong. (laughs) Absolutely. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. 
From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.